Geek Tank Radio on 98.1 The Max. Welcome, everyone. We are the Geek Patrol, and our microphones don't have a stun setting. Today, we're joining you from the dumpster behind the Spirit Halloween shop. I mean, this is where the magic happens, right? Well, I mean, you, you got... never know. Well, here's the thing. Broken <laughs> skeletons... Brandon's been camping out here. Broken <laughs> skeletons make great yard decorations. Sure. I mean, this is where the creativity really comes into play, so... I mean, I don't think Actually, skeletons come fully intact anyways or fully assembled. They're kind of scattered about, so it's more realistic. You know, this, this just goes to prove to you, Max, that you don't go into spirit nearly enough. Okay. Uh, <laughs> anyway, welcome to uh, Geek Tank Radio, everybody. We know Brandon lives there. I mean, this is I, his... Uh, all right. I'm going to go ahead and admit to you, uh, I'm a little deprived because they've only opened two of our local spirits so far, and the other two keep saying... They had said... Opening in August. Now they're saying opening in September, and I'm sitting there going, why aren't you open yet? Okay. I'm having issues, man. Yeah, he... Okay. I'm jittery. The hardware stores are picking up some slack, Hey, though. hey, hey, uh, hey, hey. There's a certain box store uh, that is dude. very high definition who has an amazingly posable skeleton yeah. and some great tombstones. Okay. They do. Uh, I'm Joe Thordeson here with my friends Brandon Olmstead, the impassioned Brandon Olmstead, and our buddy uh, Alan Gilbert over there, and our pal Max behind the glass. And uh, wow, yeah, the, I forgot just how important this season is to to you and Brandon. I mean, yeah, Duh. and we know the season it's year round, but it really well, it really ramps up once it becomes official. The, the so. truth is, is once you hit September first, you are officially in Halloween season, and you it are. goes. Until November 2nd. Sure. No, I think that's Because that's when you should throw your pumpkin away. Yeah. Well, Brandon, I got a new one for you. Mm. Yeah. We're trying something We're trying something different over at, over at Aspire. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 You, you've heard about the jalapeno one, right? Uh-huh. We're going to make a... Pumpkin one? Yes. Okay. Uh, let's I'm excited. turn this into a food dude uh, show. Hey, guys. Um, so, uh, later in the show, I don't know. I hope this will be thought-provoking. We sort of are going to discuss this under the umbrella there's a lot of things happening that have been percolating really for the uh, last i'd say decade but they're really coming to a head now uh with the writer's strike with the the advancement in technology we're going to just call this a media reset and it may be good or it may be bad but it's it's happening we're in the middle of a historic uh you know oh yeah historic moment and uh maybe we can speculate and just kind of share our thoughts uh also, Ahsoka Episode 3 came out, and I don't know how long we'll devote to that. I don't know. Maybe we'll talk about it a we, little bit. Yeah. I mean, whatever. It's, uh, it, but we do have to mention it's there. a couple of points. Yeah. 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 Um, we've got to just mention really quick, too, that we're going to be at the uh, Cooper Young Festival September 16th, and we hope everybody will drop by, and we'll be promoting many things there. And among them, uh, Brandon, you've got a whole crew of cosplayers <laughs> hey, that are going to be promoting all over. Great, great photo ops. I, I, think, it's, I think it's awesome and everything, and, and I support it 100%, but I've got to give all the credit to our volunteer coordinator, Savannah Frizzell. Yeah, she's she, rocking it. She is you just she took the bull by the horns and ran him directly into a pink wall. Now we and almost, if you want to know what that means, you got to come see us at Cooper. Wow! And now we almost have too many volunteers. When does that ever happen? It's never happened. It's okay. So. It's okay. Um, all right. Now I boy, this is an abrupt uh, page turner yeah. here. So now, speaking of the convention, we have got to mention something very sad. But we we always try to more or less celebrate the person you know when we lose them and boy did right. we we were in for a shocker this week we lost a good friend of ours mitch faust 
Yeah. Out of the blue, this one really stunned me. I mean, he's uh, he's a staple at all the conventions in town, uh, but he's been especially supportive of us at Mid South Con yeah. and Shadow Con, and just a great fantasy artist. And I, Alan, I did, I had no clue this wasn't. I, I, I've only known the guy since his T-shirt shop at the right. Mall of Memphis in the mid '80s. Yeah, uh, we've met. Yeah, uh, yeah his, um, Mitch designed our original logo. You, the, yeah, you've known the guy. The, the, Mitch the is the one that introduced me to Mid South Con. I never heard of Mid South Con until I met Mitch, and he told me about it. Yeah, so he introduced me to fandom. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you've known you knew him back when he looked like a no, one of the lead like singers from Leonard Skinner <laughs> or something. So, but yeah, apparently he was getting ready to go to uh, Dragon Con. He yeah. was already. He's always a staple uh, staple artist there. At, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm still Con. getting his ads for his uh, new book coming up. Yeah, right. Uh, which has just been astounding. I mean the 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 artistic loss alone is staggering. Yeah, uh, his artwork is a stand, and I will actually yeah. tell you, you know, he does the the fantasy posters and that kind of stuff. But if you look beyond just the main character in the poster and yeah. actually look at the rest of his work, mm-hmm. like every knot on the piece of Japanese armor is actually tied, Absolutely. not just yeah. a cute little. Right, not a cute little pin thing where you kind of went. Yeah, it looks sort of like a knot. No, his, when you go, when you look into his artwork, it is just staggering the amount yeah. of detail yeah. that he put and, into everything. And the thing is, I didn't realize how much of an effect he had on people that I knew outside of the convention world. Um, I was, you know, I went I went to Monday Night Raw this past week, mm-hmm. and you know, a friend of mine, you know, who met us up there, he was like. Hey, uh, you know, your wife said you were kind of sad about a couple of you know wrestlers who'd passed away, and we talked about Terry Funk and Bray Wyatt, right. and then I was like, you know, Arlene Sorkin passed away; she was the original right. Like Quinn. Got to mention. And her. I go, and then and then my friend Mitch dies, and he goes, "Wait, Mitch Faust?" And I mean, it's like, yeah, you just that was the moment that like the ambiance dropped in the room, and uh, yeah, I didn't even realize they they knew who Mitch was, but I mean, his his art has touched so many people yep. outside of you know our realm. And it's just, it's just, it's a staggering loss that I still can't believe. It's going to take me seeing where his booth would be and him not uh, being there before it finally actually hits I, me. I, think. I will freely tell you that is going to be a bad moment for me. Well, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna do a <laughs> a, a very really tasteful a and and nice tribute to Mitch uh, at at the Memphis Comic and Fantasy Convention. We're already working on uh, it. He but was, what 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 inspired me, uh, Brandon, was all these Facebook posts from people that are like. You know, Mitch was very supportive. You know, some of these yeah. artists that are maybe, you know, they were teenagers and they were thinking of giving it up or something, and Mitch encouraged them, and then they went on to really become great artists. And uh, yeah. among them is our buddy John Martin. He he evolved as an artist. I mean, he, we've watched yeah, his we've evolution, watched and he said a lot grow. of it yeah. came from the support for Mitch yeah. and Dean and everybody. But uh, that's cool. That's what one of the things I loved about Mitch is uh, – building people up and always finding something good and supportive to yep. uh, to to encourage young artists cuz you know we're big supporters of the arts so yeah we def it's a, it's a it's going to be a big hole in the you know yeah. in the convention i hate to say it but uh we love you Mitch uh you are definitely going to be missed you're listening to Geek Tank Radio on 981 the Max their metachlorian count is off the charts the geek patrol is back that's all well and good, but it's all how you use those metachlorians. And Brandon, I feel like we're underperforming. I'm sorry. Wait, well, you know, 
I, I love. If I'm being the, honest, I, I would love the idea of becoming a Jedi, but I think I would I would definitely use the Force for wrong things. I'm re- I'm reminded of this interesting video that I recently saw about what would happen if you're actually impaled by a lightsaber. Okay. Boy, oh. We're all over the map. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks, let's man. not let's not talk about that because that just brings up all those people who were whining about Ahsoka. Okay. And welcome back to uh, Geek Tank Radio, everybody. I'm Joe Thorderson here with my friends Brandon Olmstead and Alan Gilbreth and our buddy Max over there behind the glass. And boy, do we somehow even our rejoiners and our coming back in from the show gets disjointed. Well, so, I, mean, but, I mean, well, well you've got. I try to stay focused right. and on task, but it never happens. You've so. got you've got a mercenary mindset. You've got a villainous mindset. You have a philosophical <laughs> philosophical mindset with Max. Yeah. And well. You're looking for the dad joke. I'm just the dad, yeah. Well, let's talk about it. Max, um, you know, we we had Ahsoka. Uh, we're up to episode three. And, um, you know, it's one of these things where we've, in the past, I've give, heaped universal praise on Dave Filoni, which is probably never, you know, you probably never should make heroes out of people. But I'm sorry. His work with uh, Rebels and Clone Wars, I think it's outstanding. I think it's some of the best Star Wars out there. But now, is this his first live action effort where he's spearheading it because i think I, <laughs> it's good it's fine it's fine the well, word I'm, i would use is it's fine but it is not i mean i got spoiled with andor i guess that's that's my problem well, i, so it's I like, think what you're seeing here joe is that he's so worried about his babies which they are ahsoka sabine Hera, ezra you know all the folks that he created in uh you know, Clone, War, uh, Clone Wars and Rebels and all these things, these were his creations. Right. So I think he's kind of handling them with kid gloves right now. Yeah, I feel like he doesn't want to. Di- that's it's safe. It is yeah. a safe. That's probably where the word because yep. I'm still waiting for Rosario Dawson to change her facial expression. Uh, she's, not go- she's not going I, to. I'm you know, like the uh, <laughs> uh, Ahsoka has purged herself of of all that uh, emotional turmoil that caused her to walk away from the Jedi beforehand. So, I mean, it's going to take a while. I feel like what's going she's on here... She's not going to get happy. She's not going to get yeah. sad. She's just going to run programmed. I feel like it's kind of like, Alan, this... I, I hate to throw a food reference at Alan because <laughs> the, it can derail. <laughs> Alan, I feel like you have got all the agree- ingredients here to make something really, you know, awesome. Ahsoka's a great character. Sabine, there's a lot of great characters. We're at an interesting point in Star Wars history. We got space whales. We have all the ingredients, and yet they're making, it's, they're not using them to their potential, I would say. Well, I think what they need is a little bit of lemon juice. (laughs) (laughs) That right there will get her facial expression to change, I guarantee. Uh, have you ever encountered this out? You got all the ingredients and you just oh, make I've, something mundane. I've seen this many times. However, I'm, I'm going to look at Brandon for just seconds. I want to ask. Over a, here. I want to ask a question. All right, as I recall from all of the cartoons, all right, as this character began, mm-hmm. the annoying teenager, she was always the past reflective mirror of Anakin. Right. Mm. Anakin had That's now finally began to grow up, and he began suffering from Jedi curse. Right. And Jedi curse is when your master looks at you and goes, oh, you're going to have one just like you. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Because as I recall, she was always that five years mentally behind Anakin. Yeah. 
At least. Always. Yeah. You know, but I'm going to say course, about five she years. Starts because off but she super, had some of his traits, which irritated yeah, him. She starts off like, all exactly. super excited and, and, you know, everything. She's pod, pod racer Anakin when we first meet her. Right. We see her become, you know, uh, you know, attack of the clones Anakin by the time that she gets expelled. But when we see her come back in Rebels and in the last season of Clone Wars, she is starting to take on a more stoic form because she's following in his footsteps. And she knows if the emotion takes her over, she could turn. Yes. Yeah. And she's already had that I, pivotal yeah. fight with him at the temple and all the other right. stuff. All right. So, so that yeah. brings up my next question for Brandon. Okay. Did she just show... Now, see, I'm looking for depth here where there may not be any. But did she not just show off a Sith ability? Which did one? Did she not just do the Jedi Force teleport thing? Uh... I've only seen Sith do the whole, I'm over here, and I am over here. Well, we just had... She kind of pulled that off during the now, training sequence. I, exactly. And again, right. during the um, the sp the space battle. Yeah. Right. Which means if I follow our, our, dear, our dear F of all things Star Wars here... Uh-huh. He has occasionally sandbagged a few episodes to pull out, you know, a Mandalorian riding a giant carnivorous thing from the desert. That's you know. true. He breaks canon. He, yeah. he, but, well, he's, I'm just saying in the Star Wars that we have seen in series, there's always an episode or two that I think are sandbagging, and he's thrown in a little tiny hint like, the Sith ability that he is now going to pay off. And I certainly hope there's a payoff because I think we sandbagged a little bit. My thing, Brandon, I is just, right. I, I think there's just a lot of wasted time. There, there oh. are so many elements and so many things you could work with here. Why are we spending oh. five minutes with Sabine uh, well, doing here's, a training well, sequence that we already know? Here's what I'm going to say on that. This is my theory here. And we saw it, we saw it in Obi-Wan. We saw it in Andor and we saw it even worse in Loki season one and uh, Secret Invasion. And that is where Disney wants a certain number of episodes, so they have to drag things out and give us these short episodes that nothing really happens in, and it doesn't progress the story that much. Literally, what they were doing in this episode could have been done in 15 minutes, and then you have what, another 45 minutes to do an amazing story with Balin Skull, Tracking them on that planet. Mm -hmm. Right. Now, you triggered me with your Andor. Andor, every episode, I thought, was right on. Every, but anyway, if you go it back, didn't waste you, it. If, I rewatched it right, recently. If you too. go back, though, and you look at it critically and not as a fanboy, I'm sorry, I don't mean it like that. I watch it as a fanboy, too, because I mm. love Andor. But when you watch it critically, there are definite sections in the middle episode of each of the various story arcs where it could have been faster. They sandbagged it a little bit. Yeah, Maybe it made up for it because they had such brilliant dialogue oh, oh, and well, character development. Well, th okay. they're also characters you liked. Yeah. All right, we're going to continue that, uh, and then we're going to talk, uh, so we're going to continue our discussion of Ahsoka and then talk about the media reset. You're listening to Geek Tank Radio on 98.1 The Max. One does not simply walk into Mordor unless they're with Alan Gilbreth. The Geek Patrol is back. Oh, they'll pull up the tour bus for you, Alan, right? And I mean, Look, just because I got reserved parking. Really? Yeah. And welcome <laughs> back to Geek <laughs> Tank Radio, everybody. Alan, you know, travels in weird circles. We've said it before. I'm Joe Thorderson here with my friends 
Brandon Olmstead and Alan Gilbreth and our buddy Max over there behind the glass. And if you're just tuning in, we uh, uh, paid tribute to a friend of ours we had we had lost recently, and we will be making announcements about this in the yeah. in the days ahead. Our good buddy Mitch Faust. We're also talking about Ahsoka, and uh, I I it takes an effort. I I am not trying to sound like a hater, but Ahsoka is my favorite character in in Star Wars. I I think that's. You know, pretty mm-hmm. fair. Right. Besides Palpatine, they're both great. But um, and I just feel like I now time understand is ticking why away. you two click so well. No, it's the just, reason, no, no. Yeah. Your your love of Palpatine is exactly why you and Alan Gilbreth can survive a two hour tool talk show every <laughs> Saturday. Mm-hmm. I just hate wasting time, and I feel like what's happening here is yeah. there are so many possibilities. You got well, eight episodes. Uh, to me, I, I eight wanna, episodes is not much, and why are we dragging our wanna, feet with some of this stuff? I want to, I want to, I want to focus back on Andor for a minute okay. because I mentioned it earlier. All right, and it may have triggered you a little bit. It did because I thought there was so. No so there, time there's definitely that. wasted time in the middle chapter mm-hmm. of each of the story arcs in Andor. The reason it doesn't feel like it's wasted time though is because we we're still getting to know new characters. The characters are developing, you know, even if it's right. even if they're well, talking no, no, around no, a no. campfire. They really aren't developing, Joe. They're a, a good chunk of these characters that we're falling in love with are flat templates. Mm. They they don't have anything yet, but they're that, okay. new. So we're more focused on what little they are giving us. We know Sabine. We know that she's a Mandalorian. We know she's got weapon skills. So watching her slowly, you know, do lightsaber lunges is going to be boring to us. Well, it's just there's nothing watching, new about watching it. Watching them like, retread, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and go here. This is where I talked about. Mm-hmm. La- I'm gonna talk about lazy writing. Yeah. How many times are we gonna have Sabine in the Luke role? Right. And uh, Ahsoka as Obi Wan because that's all we, it is. We yeah. saw that with the blaster shield thing. We saw it later on when Sabine finally hit something with uh, the gunner that's not calibrated for her, and she's like, "I got one." You know, it's like, you know, if there had been a Han Solo in that thing, somebody would yell, don't get cocky. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm really curious there about was so who, much lazy in that episode. I I, uh, I don't know. I Whatever. I guess we'll follow it. But it's just, you know, I'm we're in season. We're in episode three. I My prediction is Thrawn is going to show up in episode five. I don't know why I think that. I, I, I just say yeah. episode Thrawn five is what everybody's waiting for. Right. Yeah. And I, I've, this is, I maybe I'm wrong, Brandon, but I have not heard of, in in the Star Wars universe, traveling from one galaxy to another, that part I find interesting. That they're working on a trans, what do they call? It? I don't trans know, transgalactic warp drive. Yeah, something like that. Uh, to go, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, tch, that's a pretty long distance. It and, sounds like the sort of project Thrawn would support because he wasn't necessarily into the Death Star and everything. He said that he wanted to improve the Imperial fleet. Yeah, and mobility and mm-hmm. moving around. Yeah, if you have one of these transporter I mean, yeah. you can be anywhere in the galaxy well, i mean if, you, if you're gonna pluck him out of his exile do you really want to pluck him out without a weapon or a toy that he can play with yeah this trans uh, transgalactic warp drive is exactly what he would want yeah i mean you i'm got- sorry i keep thinking the intergalactic gargle blaster which is so, an so, entirely so, different here, so here's my theory on it all right you see how big it is well it's the exact same shape and design as the warp rings that the uh jedi starfighters used in yes. attack of the clones He's going to put a Star Destroyer in it. Well, that's what it looks like. I it's going to be beautiful. It looks just like that the thing cool. Obi-Wan used. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So, but, it would uh, be cool. Yeah. But let's get to it. Like, 
You know, and then uh, no, sometimes no. Dave Filoni's been known to we gotta, do this. We got to talk for six episodes first, Joe. No, I mean Joe and exposition just do not get along. I, I, I don't, don't know. Really I don't. I don't. Andor is a lot of exposition. I don't blame but, him it, when you, when you have something that's been advertised as this action-packed mm-hmm. Jedi quest. Yeah. You don't want a lot of sitting around twiddling your thumbs, you know, learning the force that we've no, seen. No, you, you want to see man and cub. You want to see some ninjas right, falling out of trees. This feels, yeah. I'm going to say it, this feels like an origin story for characters we already know. Hey, Brandon, this might, and, and then you just triggered Alan, but this might be a good transition uh, th- observation. What I'm wondering is, okay, are there budgetary restraints on this? With all the things going on, did they say, well, you know what? We're not gonna make we're not gonna make this real uh well known, but you this this was, budget may not this, be as big as you need. This and that's was why finished filming and post production and everything before we ever started having all these contract issues. Well, I'm watching scenes where where Ahsoka is sitting in the cockpit of her of her uh starship and it does not look impressive. the lighting to me looks like she's sitting in in Starbucks or something. It does, you know, and I'm like, how many, I, I don't know. I'm wondering if they saved a little money making this or something. Well, they I might have, but you should not got a cute little Grogu or something sitting there to yeah. attract your attention. Okay. I don't know. But yeah, because, but- because the lighting in the Mandalorian seasons one and two and three aren't, ain't that great either. No, but you, you got, but you had baby Yoda. Right. And that's you, the you only thing you were looking at. There was something new to distract you. It was a, that was the ultimate yeah. little green sparkly. Of uh, unfortunately for Ahsoka, um, Sabine, yeah, if Sabine's they kill cute, Uncle Ben one more time, if this is an origin launch off, I, I'm just going to joke. I don't know, but uh, I'm betting on episode five. Waiting, I'm going to agree waiting with for that. Ana- waiting okay. for that Anakin uh, flashback because yeah. it's coming. Yeah, yeah, that's what we want. But um, okay, well we'll see. But it, it's 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 all taking place in the middle of a really pivotal time in history, which we're Mm -hmm. like, among other things, we're calling it a media reset because we got all these factors. We have, we have AI, AI is a big factor. We have a a writer's strike or an actor strike at a time where I don't know, Brandon, am I wrong? But the perception I'm gaining is a lot of people are like, you know, we're doing okay without Hollywood. I don't know. Well, I mean, okay, okay. is the timing bad for I'm, them on this? I, gonna, I can live I'm without I'm not going to say it's that. I'm saying that people are so used to getting their giant tent poles and spectacles that when you give them something slow, they are unappreciative. Well, what about Oppenheimer? I mean, Oppenheimer sort of rebuts that, right? It was one of the... The biggest well, movies ever. Right. Well, well, Barbieheimer well, has I was, been I was a gonna great say, I was going to say, Oppenheimer did good. Oppenheimer didn't do that good. Oh, it didn't? No, I haven't well, seen it, it yet was, either. It was popular, and it made money. Yeah. But Barbie flew past it. So it, Barbie's it, made way it more It didn't than catch anything. up with Guardians of the Galaxy. Elemental, which was considered a bomb its first three weeks, is still in theaters and is slowly getting to the point. It just passed cars for domestic box office. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. But there's a lot of factors that are stirring the pot, and we're going to discuss it when we come back here on Geek Tank Radio. You're listening to Geek Tank Radio on 98.1 The Max. Alan Moore just egged my house. The Geek Patrol is back. He wears his emotions on his sleeve. No, I mean, he doesn't. Like he wears it in our... his beard. Okay. <laughs> hey, this One weekend... little critique. He, the hey, this can... weekend we did celebrate Inter- on a World Beard Day. Yeah. Oh, maybe that's what it we is. Did. Maybe he wasn't nominated or something. I don't know. Whatever. Or the emo living that thing escaped. 
Get over it, Alan. <laughs> and welcome back to uh, which Geek Alan? Tank Radio. Yeah, Mr. Moore. <laughs> uh, welcome back to uh, Geek Tank Radio, everybody. I'm Joe Thordeson here with my friends Brandon Olmstead and Alan Gilbreth and our buddy Max over there behind the glass. And really, this is sort of an ongoing theme. We haven't. I don't even know if I titled it right, but we're we're in the middle of a discussion, more or less called the media reset. Uh, Things I have to believe in five years I, are. The way we consume media, the way, you know, the way we search for media, because that to me is a big thing. How media is made, who's getting paid, who's going broke. I don't know. It's all being shook up right now. And maybe at the end of the road, it'll be a good thing. But regardless, Brandon, it's weird out there. I mean. Is it? It it is. I haven't noticed anything different yet other than there's a bunch of people online who need to be paid. It's, well, Mm. I don't know. Let's just say I'm not investing in any movie theaters. No, that's the other thing. The the COVID, you know, that's a factor. Mm-hmm. You, people went two or three years without movies and then realized, well, you know what? I can still um, watch movies at home, which I hate because I do well, like the communal experience of movies. But if I'm being honest, I don't go to nearly as much as I used to. Yeah. Uh, I still haven't seen Oppenheimer. Well, um, you know? No, I, mean, I don't have any intention of seeing Oppenheimer uh, yeah. in theaters because... Honestly, I don't want to be around people that long. It's three <laughs> It's three hours sitting in a place full of people. And I've said this before. <laughs> movies are not as special as they used to be because any you can make one at home. Yeah. You, can, you know, so the experience of a movie, and there's so many. So I mean, that's a factor. I mean, come on. Alan makes TV. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they let him make movies. Yeah, so. I, I do. Even all of these are a factor. I mean, well, exactly. You're, you're looking at the perfect tidal wave of technology has changed. Of mm-hmm. uh, 25 years ago, if you wanted to announce something, you took out an ad in the newspaper. Right. Yeah, yeah nobody does Anybody that Anybody in here got a newspaper anymore? Right. Nope. Okay, so 20 years ago, you wanted to uh, really make a big splash on something. You went and spent a whole lot of money, and you put an ad on a TV show. Well, we know. And you, I went, mean- to, you went to cable who had... And ooh, we jumped from five whole stations to like fifty, and then so, a thousand. Uh, well, now today there mm. are how many, Brandon? Um, um, well, let's see. There's VOD. Well, there's on, cable. Hold on, hold on, hold on. There's streaming there's, services. There's, there's if you count HD and regular channels, you have over twelve hundred on cable. Then you have satellite, which kicks you up another six hundred. Uh, you've got your various streaming services, and each one of them has their own little tier for various things, and mm-hmm. all of them have hundreds of options in them. And none of, and there's still nothing to watch. Right, and that's the thing. It's like you, sir. I, I experienced this for. I only had cable TV for a very short period of my life, and uh, I hated it. And uh, the experience I have bill, now is no different. It's like, oh, I'm going to sit down for 30 minutes and watch something, and I spend an entire 30 minutes searching for what I want to watch. And I don't watch anything, and then I get frustrated and turn it off, or something. And so, or if you're trying to pick a movie, good luck with that. So it's like work. Yeah. Danny Bruns told me that she said, "What you know, yeah. pick up a book and just I, uh, do." I don't know. It's getting to the well, point where I, you just you really yeah. threw a trigger. It's like just nobody other nobody has picked up a book in ten years, and that's but that's why we're calling it a media reset. It's because people are yes. going back to those things, right? You know, right now, bookstores are, like, surging for yeah. the first time in a decade. Exactly. You know, now, that's good to know. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's, it's they're weird. They're not selling it's, books. They're selling no, no, book-related no, no. products. They're, they're, <laughs> but, you know, you go and you buy your Kindle, and then you go to, you right. know, or you get your headset to do your Audible stuff. But books are actually selling for once again, like I said, in the past decade. And it's weird. I bought a book the other day. 
I bought a Soka, but it's still a bug. <laughs> well, we're sitting on a revival, uh, I, mean, I guess we would say an SCA-esque format right now. We're both a podcast and we're a live terrestrial radio. It's hmm. weird. I'm just yeah. pointing out that, you know, we have listeners. Uh, uh, Brandon, by the way, you have fans now in New Zealand. Oh, that's because that's I'm the money. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, okay. But, you know, we're being listened to as we sit here right now. We're, we're sitting in Memphis, Tennessee. We're on, of you know, the Cumulus Network. Right. We're in a lovely studio. We got a producer. We're all live here. That's kind of weird today. And the fact that all four of us are actually sitting in the same yeah, room. Yeah, because even with terrestrial radio, people are all over the country for a local show that, you know, none of them are living in. Uh, so welcome to how weird the media has become and the fact true. that, well, you know, uh, we have a website, we have uh, Spotify, we have YouTube, we have, uh, and there's a whole new of, uh, a whole bunch of other new social platforms are all coming online as we speak. So welcome to, we don't know what's going to shake out in the next three years. Well, and let's face it, we spend way too much time on our phones or watching. T there's too much. I, I, I get, get back no. to nature. Read a go. go uh, this for a I'm walk holding up a something. phone for nobody can see since this is radio, <laughs> uh, but I'm holding up a phone and I'm going to tell you right now, you can forget all other media. This is now media. Well, it's true. Well, I'm not watching Oppenheimer on it. I promised Christopher Nolan I wouldn't. Okay. I don't know. Well, next time you talk to Chris, tell him call me, you know? Uh, he's mad at you because <laughs> your shows are more popular than he is. Oh, There's a Lord. great Star Trek Enterprise episode that makes me think of all this. And it was, uh, who's the Dr. Neat? What is his name? Dr. I can't remember his name. Whatever. The Neelix. doctor. He said on their planet, they basically, they used to have a thing that was kind of like movies. And they sort of evolved past it because they just got bored with them. And I kind of... I could imagine a future like that where maybe we just get past all this and, and it, it becomes more of a novelty and we're not so obsessed and we're not consuming so much of it. I I, I don't think that would be a bad thing. I don't know, man. No, when we get the Go back to talking around fires and stuff. Yeah. The first time I get a neurotransmitter implant where I can actually do a force grab of something, dude, it is so over. Okay. Well, <laughs> it, it, we're following. You could just learn Accio. <laughs> Okay, we're we're following the developments, and we don't know where they're gonna where they're gonna mm -hmm. lead. But we are, you know, things are gonna look different here in about a few years. I I have to believe so. Um, well, you guys, uh, uh, interesting show. Lots of uh, lots of uh, I don't know what thought provoking <laughs> topics. But it's time to get out of here. The clock waits for no one. So until next week, we are the Geek Patrol, and I am Joe Thorderson. I'm Alan Gilbreth. I'm Maximilian, and I'm Brandon Olmstead. Reminding you to check out mine and Alan's new ham radio cooking show. Ha, 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 ha.